Kawashika, you're on mute. Yes, welcome, <laughs> welcome, guys, to Can We Talk Sports? Listen, listen, follow us on IG. Listen, follow us on Facebook. Make sure you tag and share. Invite your family members, sports moms, sports dads, sports grandparents, sports uncles, sports aunties. Listen, follow us on YouTube. Don't forget to click the uh, thumb button. Thumbs up. Listen, this is your host, your girl, Kawashika from Can We Talk Sports. Guys, welcome, welcome to our show. Um, just to let you know, i not only a sports mom, but I'm also in the health and wellness business, guys. That is major. We just had Thanksgiving. You need to detox those pain. Listen, I know I'm extra, but I'm serious. Let's get rid of that, that weight. Let's get rid of that dead weight, guys. Yes, yes. Well, I'm Carmen, <laughs> a.k.a. Mama D, and I wear a lot of hats. Um, my biggest one this week was I'm an insurance agent for... Um, a Medicare insurance exchange. And today was my last day of the annual enrollment period. They tried to kill us, y'all. <laughs> Amazing. I've worked Saturdays. I've worked um, So my husband, he went to pick up my Uber Eats because my job gives us Uber Eats during the enrollment period. And I was like, can you, can you pick me up a frozen margarita on the way back? And he said, <laughs> You want large or small? And I said, oh. and he said, oh, large. And I said, it's been a long day. It's been a long day. <laughs> I know that's right, Miss Mama. Hey, you guys. My name is Karen Reese, and I am your community sports mom yeah. uh, because I love my community. I love the kids in our community, and I'm all about promoting them. Uh, also a business owner. I own a tax business called Core Fast Tax, and you know your tax season is coming up. And so I'm just excited to be back. We took a little break for Thanksgiving. And so uh, we're going to get into Kawashika and these pounds when we start talking. But I'm just excited. I'm excited about our guest tonight, you guys, uh, because have you ever thought about writing a book? I mean, I might have thought about it, but I thought about how bad my English was and how it's, I hate to, for somebody to ask me those crazy questions. Now, how do you, how do you relate to the community? How, and I hate those questions. And I'm like, okay, I can't write no book. So I'm just excited about our guest tonight. He's going to be able to tell us how we can simply write a book in 30 days. And I just like, okay, we got 30 days. 30 days. Right. So we can take some years. Right. I pay, I do probably do a, uh, a sentence. Okay, today. A <laughs> right. So I'm just excited. But you guys, hey, how was your Thanksgiving? Wow. 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 Mine? Yeah. I was going to stay at home. I'm going to be honest with you because everybody, you know, all the kids, they, they was with their uh, relatives. Yeah grandmas and i said you know what no i'm gonna go ahead and you know uh, i got a secretary in the back guys but yes i'm gonna go ahead <laughs> and go to my family's house so it was very interesting 
Um, the food was great. Um, you know, we got to talking about God and, you know, some other things. You know, when family get together, guys, it, it's amazing. You know, mm -hmm. things come up. Let's just be real. Yes. Mm -hmm. Come up and from the past, the blast from the past. And, mm -hmm. okay. Some things that needed to be talked about that was swept under the rug that needed to be come talked up. about. Yes. On Thanksgiving, y'all. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Sometimes that's the only time you see them in the year. Yeah, and so things that didn't want to be said. And, you know, I guess I was the guinea pig. And Ooh. so it got heated. But to God be the glory, God is good all the time. You know. so, yeah, that's how my Thanksgiving, because, you know, I got to keep it real. Well, Kwashika, my Thanksgiving was a lot less eventful than yours. But um, yeah, we went to my son Malik's house. Um, I cooked. So I took my little, my big electric oven over there and um, fixed, cooked everything, turkey dressing, ham, sweet potatoes, greens, green beans, mac, mac and cheese, mashed potatoes, gravy. Yeah. Uh, rolls. Yeah. And and um they had sweets there. So we had we had all the good sweets too. So we had a good to like I spent through I spent two days over there because I went on I went on Wednesday and then Friday morning I got up early with Black Friday shopping and then they went with me later in the day. They didn't go with me at, at 4 30 in the morning when I got out the house, but yeah. You went to black wait a minute. I used to do that when my kids were small. What was you out there doing in black? Okay, black okay, okay, listen. The, the first thing I wanted was was Big Lots had a TV, right? I I, I had plenty of TVs. My daughter will say, "Mom, you don't need no uh, no more TVs." But I needed a TV for my upstairs loft, but I didn't need it to be too big, just like a forty-two inch. Everybody had like seventy inches wow. on sale, but nobody had the smaller TVs. I just needed like a forty-two inch. So Big Lots, y'all, believe it or not, Big Lots had this TV um, on sale. So I went to Big Lots, I got my TV, and then Walmart had the best towels, you guys, $5 each. These towels are, um, these are $20 towels, I kid you not. Oh, okay. wow. like, they had the best towels on sale. And then I got a really nice Comforter set. I'm redoing my Luke's bedroom, making it into a, um, another guest room because I already have a guest room, but now all my bedrooms upstairs are empty. So um, I got a really nice comforter set for $49. And Ooh. I got a headboard for $49. Yeah. Ooh. I made out like a bandit. I, I had you a good sure time. Did. <laughs> I didn't do nothing. I had to cook. My feet was hurting. And then, you know, when you, when you have everybody coming over, then you everybody leaves, and then you got to put up the food, try to figure out how, what container you're going to put it in, and how to fit it in the refrigerator. Get it all in. Yeah. You know, that was the best thing about having dinner at my Leek's house. Like, I didn't have to clean. I didn't, I just cooked. When I got done cooking, they put all the food away. Oh, they wow. did all the cleaning. I, all I had to do was cook. So, yeah, that was, that was cool. And they put it in containers. And I, actually, I took, I think I told you guys one of my secrets about Thanksgiving is that, or, um, and Christmas too, because I love turkey and dressing. Well, I love dressing and the gravy, the, the mac, 
mac and cheese and um, that kind of stuff. So I put it in uh, containers and I freeze them. So anytime between Christmas, be <laughs> Christmas and Thanksgiving, I could pull me out a Thanksgiving dinner and eat it up real quick. <laughs> so you like leftovers? I do. I do. I don't mind leftovers. I think dressing is better the second day. Oh yeah, when the season have set in it, wow. I had to try to be a little bit good because I was starting this little eating regimen that I was on, and I have to eat so many vegetables to a piece of meat, and so. And I have to report it to somebody, show my pictures and all that kind of stuff. That oh. day, I was like, I'm not even going to show it to you. No pictures. No, no reason to show it to you because I have a sweet potato pie. I have some potatoes that I have some ham and I ain't supposed to have none of that. So I'm not going I'm just not going to show it to you. So by like two days, I didn't show no pictures. I didn't. I'm just like. And then I was looking for Kawashika or her drink. I have some. Uh, Detox yeah. tea, and I just drunk that on right on up and did what it needed to do, I but I was all right. good. I need you. to get with your Kawashika for real, though. I do I'm need to get with you. you. Yes, because once after you do whatever, you know, you go, you know, you're gonna eat a lot, right? The difference mm -hmm. between us and people that don't have it, that's why they gain it because they don't have nothing to, to, to flush, flush it, it out. out. So mm -hmm. listen, once you finish eating and get ready, you know, you take your shower, go make your little 16 ounce bottle of water, put that instant uh detox tea, tea in there, drink it, go to bed, go to bed, get up in the morning, hey, it's time to flush. <laughs> but I can't I, I have to do it when I don't have nowhere to go. Like that's what I'm saying. So when you go to you know, right before bed, that's the perfect time. And then mm -hmm. in the morning, you know what you need to do. Right. So easy. So easy. Right. Yes, mm -hmm. ma'am. That's good. We want so to say hello to Austin that that yeah. chimed in. Yes. Thank Peace you. Amen. Yes. So what's our hot topic for tonight, Kawashika? Oh, good question. Ooh. Now, we have we do have a video coming up, guys. I want y'all to go ahead and tune in to this video. Of course, in the last week, there was a um, big murder going on with a young student. And so, mm -hmm. guess what? I need y'all to tune in. Mm-hmm. And this time it happened right here in Metro Detroit. Yeah, in our own backyards here, three students shot and killed, eight people wounded, including three teenagers in critical condition, with a 14-year-old currently on a ventilator after surgery. Here's the latest. The 15-year-old suspect was arrested with a loaded handgun inside the school. The sheriff says the gun was purchased just four days ago, one day after Thanksgiving on Black Friday, by the boy's father. At this time, the family is not cooperating. Here's our first look at the three teens who lost their lives today. 16-year-old Tate Meyer, 14-year-old Hannah St. Julian, and 17-year-old Madison Baldwin. Wow. I can't, you guys. I can't. I, I can't. Wow. And since then, they've arrested his parents. Yes. They have. They're they're under arrest because the school called them. They called them to the school that morning 
and say, hey, you need to you need to do something because there's a problem here. You need to take your son, take him, get some counseling, get us some, get some help. And they were like, no, left him at school. Well, he's good. Oh, really? Left him at school. Next thing you know, that is for the kid that had surgery. Um, that was in surgery that they talked about. He passed away too. Yes, yes. There was a video um, that we had um, in one of the families. They had just found out on the air. Yes. Um, yeah. I just we just you know lift up those parents. You know when you take your kids to school, you think that they're going to school and gonna come home and Safe. eat dinner. And so it's just that's just something that's very hard to you know, find out as a parent. So we just lift up those parents uh -huh. and family in that school right now. We just, uh -huh. you know, lift them up in prayer um, yes. that they will be able to get through. Um, uh -huh. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. Those kids are like, I can't go back to that building. Um, but another, th another thing is, you know, the one of the young men, um, was a uh, football player. So I know they hit us hard as sports moms. He was a football player. He was well known in the community. He was a great kid. He's the one um, that, I'm not sure if he was the one that got, that died in surgery or, but he was the one of the ones that were killed. So the NFL and uh, the Michigan. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, college football, they honored him this weekend. They had his yeah. number, number 42 on yeah. their jerseys and stuff. Like, the, it's hitting hard. Like, it's it's got to stop, you guys. But we got to keep our children covered with the blood of the lamb. Yeah. Like, we got to pray over our kids and we got to keep them covered. And I love the topic. We got to talk to our kids. Yeah. Whether whether they're having some issues, they're having some problems, they need some help. Like, if people are reaching out to you and saying that there's a problem, find out what that problem is. Yes. Right. Don't yes. just, oh no, my kid is okay. He's fine. I bought him a gun. He's fine. He's going to be okay. I'm leaving him at school today. Yeah. So I apologize. I actually pushed the wrong button, but so I missed the beginning. But yeah. So in this case, I really feel like the parents had something to do with it, of course, because they bought the gun, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in this case, the question the parents need someone need to talk to the parents in this case the because the parents are in jail. Evidently led They're your child. Jail. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right. But you led your child to something like this like this was this was planned this boy didn't wake up one morning and just said i want to kill everybody in the school someone been talking in his ear somebody someone been sowing seeds bad seeds in this son's in this young man's ear and mm -hmm. finally he decided to do it i heard now i heard that the mother told him not to do it but it's too late because you've been sowing these seeds in his ear and then I heard that she texted him and told him, "Next time, don't get caught." Now these these are Ooh. these are these are things that I've heard, right? So um, listen. Wow. And if so, yeah. In this case, it, 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 
I believe it falls on the parents on in this case. Um, but yeah, yeah, definitely talk to your kids like that because it's something going on. Like it's something going on in the mind. They're sitting by themselves at home. I don't tell you where do the parents get this from? Like go shoot up the school. Who you mad at? What well, made you? Why you put it? Why why are you buying a 17-year-old? Is he 17? Why are you buying him a semi-automatic? Like why? What he's not going deer hunting with the semi-automatic. Right. I don't know much about guns, but no, that don't sound right. (laughs) That sounds like a big old gun, right? You sound like yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, we definitely want to uh, talk to our kids, find out what they're doing every day, what they have on their minds, because it's so many, it's so much peer pressure out out here, especially on social media. Uh, did he have friends? Did he get along with people at school? Did he come home and tell his parents that this person is picking on him? And you know, it, it could be all types of stuff and retaliation if their minds immature. But you know what you can do. You know, this just don't just start in one day, guys. This been going on. This literally been going on, and it needs to stop. So I'm glad mm-hmm. Michigan police, basically, they own it. They was on it. They, okay, let's check. And then the school, even the school had reached out to the parents yes. to advise them. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. he just did, he did something. He said something or talked about, oh, he did a drawing. There it was. He yeah. drew. Yeah, he did a drawing. So, and they called them up to the school. They called the parents up to the school. Yeah. Right. So, so the school definitely tried to intervene. Yeah, they did. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, um, we just need to keep our kids in prayer. You know, what are you thinking? What are the thoughts that you're thinking? Who are you hanging around? You know, are mm-hmm. they? Are are they? You know, do they love God? Do they know about Jesus? You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, are they studying the word of God? You know, prayer. Do they know to pray over their children? Do they right. speak negative over their yeah. children? It's so many things. It's so much. I saw Kwashika and Karen. I saw a clip earlier today. Um, it was a neighbor. It was this woman's like close friend. They had worked together. And um she noticed that they were when the boy was young, like eight or nine years old, they kept leaving that boy alone at home and going out and drinking and stuff at night. And so she said she broke up her friendship with her because the little boy would come to her house and say, can you call my mom and daddy? Because I'm scared by myself. You know, she's like, we broke up our friendship because I was like, no, you know, she called CPS on them. Like, it was like this ain't right. So there's been problems well before this. That's right. Well before this. That just makes me even sadder, you know. Just even sadder. So we got our guest, Carmen. Yay! So coming up, you guys, we have Kelly Cole. He is a um, CEO of Books for Athletes. If you guys have ever considered writing a book, have you ever thought you could do it in 30 days? When I tell you. Kelly Cole has mastered writing a book in 30 days for athletes. And so a lot of times we don't think about, uh, athletes don't think, hmm, I have something to say. Maybe I have something I need to share. Um, so he will get you on the right path. So he's an entrepreneur. He's a motiv- motivational speaker. And um, we're so excited to have him with us tonight. 
So, Mr. Kelly. Hey, it's the publisher here, Mr. Kelly Cole. Listen, if you are a former professional athlete, if you are a former college athlete or sports coach, and you're looking to launch your speaking career, let me tell you, you need a book. If you're already out there speaking and you want to track more high-paid speaking engagements, you need a book. It's not about creating, creating more content to more content on social media. Social media. It's, it's not about recording a bunch of videos. It's not about doing more podcasts. The number one the secret, number one secret attracting more to attracting more high-paid speaking engagements or even launching your speaking career is a book. Hey, I'm the publisher, Mr. Kelly Cole, and I help former athletes and sports coaches create best-selling books in 30 days to launch their speaking career, even if they hate writing and don't know where to start. So for the first time ever, I've created a free case study video that will not only show you how to write a book from scratch in a little as 30 days and become a best-selling author, it will also show you how to attract more high-paid speaking engagements. Now, to check out this free case study video, click the link that says learn more or go to Books for Athletes dot com real quick before you go do not go if you're not a former athlete or sports coach because you won't find any value in what i'm about to share and don't go if your book is already out and already on amazon you won't find any value in what i share over there but if you are a former athlete or sports coach know that you need a book or um already out there speaking and you want to launch your speaking career go check out that link now writing a book is not as hard as you think it doesn't even matter if you don't know where to start. My case study video will show you how to start and get it done and onto the bestsellers list. So go now. Woo! Welcome! Yay! Welcome! Mr. Cole. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Mr. Cole, we normally start our show with a uh, little game that we play called Would You Rather? So okay. I'm going to start out, and then, uh, my question is, let me see which one. Would you rather have a face that everyone laughs at or a name that everyone laughs at? I'll go with the name, <laughs> not the face. <laughs> I'll go with the name, not the face. I've been blessed with good genes that black ain't cracking. So I'll stick with the, I'll stick with the face. That's good. That's good. I've always laughed at my name because it's Kelly. That's why I had to mention to it because I get tired of being called a female. Oh, Kelly. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm, I'm next. I'm next. So, Mr. Kelly, would yes. you rather have a pet bull or fish? Pet bull or fish? I'm going to go with the fish. Okay. Um, <laughs> I would say a fish will be easier to, to feed, number one. My expenses will be low. And I have no risk of it kicking me or um, just losing it. Mind. I'm, I'm going to go with the fish. Or horns. Right, exactly. Uh, turning on your pet bull, don't they turn on you? Yeah, they can, they can lose their Don't feed them. Okay, so Mr. Kelly, my question, my would you rather is, because I love to eat and the holidays are here, we just had Thanksgiving, yeah. so would you rather have turkey and dressing again on Christmas, or would you rather have another food, and name that food if you have, if you do something different on, on Christmas? So I would love to have Chinese food, which is my favorite, I love Chinese food, 
So we usually do Chinese food on Christmas Eve. So I always look forward to that, which is my favorite. Oh, Ooh. Okay. Now, what, 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 what kind of Chinese food? Like, give us an idea. Like, okay. So my favorite Chinese dish is beef and broccoli. I also love the chicken and broccoli. I love sweet and sour chicken, orange chicken, oh, all sauce, of them. lo mein. I, I usually order for, for Christmas Eve, I order everything on the menu. Oh, yeah. Wow. Now, yeah. where you live, do you guys have a really good Chinese restaurant where you live? We have one that's decent. My favorite is in my hometown, which is Chicago. Um, it's called Number One Chop Suey, but we have one that's okay in, oh. in my area. So where are you, Mr. Kelly? Where do you live? I am in Bristol, Virginia, which Virginia. is the same city for two states. So my, my home is in Bristol, Virginia. I cross the street and go to my office and it's in Tennessee. So I'm in Bristol, Virginia slash Tennessee. Oh, wow. Cool. That's interesting. I haven't heard of that before. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, Mr. Cole, start out, let's start out with uh, you telling us a little bit about who you are and what exactly that you do. Enlighten us some more. For sure. So, like I said, I'm from originally from Chicago, born in the Cabrini Green Housing Project. And if you don't know where that is, that's where they film Good Times, the movie Cooley High, and mm. even the movie Candyman and Hoop Dream. So that's why I was actually born, um, born and raised. So I grew up, I told people I was always born to be an entrepreneur. And currently, you know, I help former professional athletes and college athletes and sports coaches become best-selling authors in 30 days, even if they hate writing and don't know where to start. So that's a little bit about me, but we can get deeper into my story as we go along. Awesome, awesome. So I start with my question, okay. you know, as far as writing a book. Now, mm -hmm. how do you get the athlete to believe that their story is worth writing? And I know in your video, yeah. you were talking about professional and college, but also on your Instagram, you talked about it's time to tell your story. So that can apply to anybody. So how do you get them to bite into believe that my story is worth being told and For written sure. about? So yeah, as, as you all were talking, um, I believe everybody are believers on here. And I, I'm a firm believer that, you know, as the word says, my sheep know my voice and a stranger they won't follow. So I, mm -hmm. I really feel in my heart that every athlete has a group of sheep that's waiting to hear their voice and waiting to hear their story so they can move forward in their life and get that inspiration that they need to go forward. So my goal and my mission has been to help them tell that story because most of them know that they have a story and they want to do it. They just don't know how to do it, which is why, you know, I birth book for athletes. Wow, that's uh, that's so ironic that you brought that in there about my sheep. They know my voice and the voice yeah. of a stranger. They will not follow. Yeah. Wow, that that's uh, you need to compare that. Um, wow, that's really, that's that right really good. So, how, Mr. Kelly, how do you yeah. help them find their? Because everybody has a story, but. How do you find like what's unique about my story and what will draw other people in based on sure. my story and my ex life experience? Yeah, so I rely on my, my amazing team. So I got a, a, a team of amazing writers and what they're good at is interviewing the athletes and you know basically figuring out what the key points are 
and where do they need to go in the story so they can make the most impact with the story. So my job is to build the relationships, get on the phone with the athletes and kind of talk to them. And like you said, let them know that there's a group of people waiting to hear their story. And then I turn it over to my amazing team who's good at pulling that story out, coming up with the themes. And like you said, pinpointing what we should focus on in, in the story. So that's good. Yeah. That's good. So the athlete don't necessarily have to actually pin it themselves. Mm -hmm. That's where you have the people that are come in and, you know, put the right sentence structure and grammar and all that kind of stuff. Correct. Yeah. They don't have to write a word. All they have to do is show up for the Zoom calls and we walk them through the whole process. Like I said, we come up with the theme of the book, the chapter titles, the whole nine. All they have to do is just show up and talk about their story and we help them put it together. Wow. 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 I think that's the, the so you basically holding the athlete's hand. Like you're holding them through the whole process. Correct. Yep. We write it, publish it, and help them market it. And then after the book is out, we also show them how to use the book to get the speaking engagements and um like that transition, because as we know, you know, most of the former athletes, they don't know what to do when the sport is over. So a lot of them want to get into speaking. They want to share their stories. And the book is the best way to get that done. So, yeah, we help them with all of that from start to finish. Now, did you play sports yourself? Yeah. Okay, what, what did you play? I did. Um, I loved basketball, but I excelled in football. So um, I actually um, played football. And in high school, um, my first year of high school, I played at Weber High School in Chicago which is the same high school Coach K went to, the coach at Duke went there. Um, but yeah, that's what we're most famous for. And my dad played basketball there too. He was he was a McDonald's high school All-American, eighth in the nation when he played there. So wow. I grew up loving basketball, but I excelled in football. So when I moved to Virginia, I ended up you know becoming all city, all state, most valuable player, got a college scholarship. And it's when I got to college that I realized that I didn't love football as much as I thought I did. It was a whole nother level when I got to college. Uh -huh. Oh, now we need to dig into that right yeah. now. Yeah. Where did you play? What did, where did I play? Uh -huh. Yeah, I played at the University of Virginia at Wise. So it was a D2 um, Virginia um, college. Uh -huh. Now, is that why you didn't like it? Because you were, you just said you was all American, all these different accolades that you yeah. had. So you obviously didn't go to the D1 where that kind of continues to blossom. So you went yeah. to a D2. So tell us why it is that you uh, didn't like it as much. And then mm -hmm. part two of that question, one thing that we deal with is, you know, how sports, uh, our kids take on that as a, their identity. How did yeah. you kind of break away from that as well? For sure. So, yeah. So answering part one, the reason that I figured out I didn't love it as much as I thought I did, um, you know, growing up in, in the projects and growing up in the hood, as we say, you're programmed that the only way that you're going to get out and become successful is if you play the sport. So it was when I got to college and I had three practices a day and I had to walk two miles to the practice facility and I had to walk another two miles to my dorm and then we get a 15 minute break and then after we practice three three times a day then you got a meeting from 10 p.m to 11 p.m and you got to be back up at four and if you fall asleep in the meeting you gotta run 
it was at that point that I realized I don't love this as much as I thought. <laughs> it's, it's really it wasn't a passion. It wasn't no, a passion. It wasn't, I was not passionate about all of that at all. And my dad tried to warn me because my, my dad played college basketball. And he said, listen, that little MVP trophy you got, that's going to mean nothing when you go to college. And I was like, what you talking about? I'm going to go here and be the man. Every freshman in my dorm football player was the MVP at their high school. Yeah. And a D2. Mm-hmm. Every freshman was the most valuable player at a D2. It was so bad. The day we got there, they told us to drop our stuff off in our room and meet them on the field at 12 o'clock. They set up a 60-second obstacle course, okay? A 60-second obstacle course that at least 50 guys went back to their room, packed up all of their stuff, and went home that day. <laughs> That's how bad it was. Oh, my God. First day, first day 50 people left. Mm. Wow. Mm. I was like, no, this ain't, this ain't it. This ain't what my life <laughs> But like I said, and, and then to answer the second part of your question of, you know, our, our, my identity being, you know, playing sports, it's like I said, in my heart, I always knew that I was born to be an entrepreneur. So I might have said, I, you know, I played football, but throughout high school, I was cutting hair. I was, you know, in cosmetology, checking my friends out of school. They give me five dollars to cut their hair. I was selling do rags. I was selling mixed CDE. So I was a born entrepreneur. So anything legally you can think of, um, I probably tried it. You know, I used to be a photographer, a videographer, just anything I can do to get my hands on and figure out what I was supposed to be doing. But yeah, so I always knew I was supposed to be an entrepreneur. Wow. Well, that's it. That's why you didn't, you you know, your identity wasn't into uh, just football. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think it was more because your dad played was in sports? Um, no, my dad, um, like I said, my dad played basketball and I, I fell in love with playing football. Um, but like I said, just growing up in the hood, that's all we really did. We played sports. We played basketball in the alley and we played football in the snow. We played, you know, tackle football in the snow and on concrete and in the grass. So it was just a thing we did. And, um, you know, for recreation, I just fell in love with it and thought that that was going to be my ticket. And plus, I was really good, actually. You know what I'm saying? I didn't work out. I had just natural ability. I didn't go in the gym. Um, I wasn't lifting a bunch of weights. I just had natural ability um, to play the game. And so that's why I felt like I fell in love with it and that it would be my ticket. But when you go to that next level, you figure out what you really made up. And I figured, you know, I didn't love it. I didn't have that mamba mentality. When it came to football, I didn't eat, sleep, and drink football. I would rather be, you know, working on a business or selling something. So, and that's when I knew I was like, "Y'all, I can't do this." Wow. And you, you know, that's, you know, what you just explained about what happened when you first came. You know, a lot of times we don't give our foot, our athletes credit as far as all the things that they have to do. You know, they, you know, that word "dumb jocks," but to be able to balance meetings and practices and getting yeah. up and you know uh i shout out to our athletes you know to be able to do that mentally that that's a mental yeah. you have to mentally be disciplined in order to do that um type of thing but i want to ask you where did the passion come from from writing a book i know 
Uh, I started out uh, doing a weight loss journey and uh, I became passionate about sharing that journey. I wanted to record it. I did a recording of me trying to lose 50 pounds for my 50th birthday. But from that, there was a passion that came about how powerful it is to share your story. So what is it that came with the passion behind you of how powerful it is to put your story in a book for somebody else to read? Yeah, so that was that was all God. I really can't take credit for it. Um, I was uh, I fell in love with the TV show Shark Tank. Y'all ever watch Shark Tank? That's my husband's favorite show. My favorite show to this day. I fell in love with the show when they introduced it. I was recording every episode and taking notes just like, man, I'm gonna apply this to my business. Just taking notes. And one of my friends um, found out about my notes and said, yo, these notes will make a great book. And I was like, what? And she was like, you should actually interview the sharks. And I was like, that's a great idea. So I emailed all of the sharks on Shark Tank. Barbara Culkin was the only one to email me back and agree to give me an interview. Me and Barbara hit it off. And I was like, Barbara, will you help me get an interview with Damon? She was like, yeah, of course. She put me and Damon in a group text and said, hey, Damon, give this guy an interview. He's a great guy. So I took my... Um, my interview with Barbara, my interview with Damon and my notes for my show. And that became my first book. And it actually hit number one on the Amazon bestsellers list. And wow. the rest was really history. Everybody just started blowing my inbox up, asking me how I did it. And that's how I birthed my publishing company. And then how I knew that, you know, this is really what I wanted to do. When I published my first author, she was, well, she's probably my second one. She was a 16 year old girl and she was born blind. And I remember meeting with her and her mom, handing her a copy of her book, and she asked her mom what it looked like. And when her mom began to describe to her what it looked like, she began to cry. And it was at that moment that I knew I was put here to help people tell their story. Oh my God. That mm. is I was just about to ask you that, like as you were speaking, how when did you know that God said? or what you're doing was God's purpose. That's that's what I yeah. want to know. Because, mm -hmm. you know, we get into the professional, you know, you know, corporate world and, you know, yeah. it's not everything just not in the church. But he said, go out For amongst sure. my people, you know, or, you know, in the hospital. So just like you said, like, when did you know, OK, this this is going to be for God's glory. This is going to be for his purpose. It is going to yeah. help help um, athletes and you know, coaches. For sure. For sure. So yeah, I'll tell you how I shifted to athletes because I've had a publishing company for over 15 years. And you know, I've had some professional athletes here and there. Um, but the beginning of, I believe it was this year, the beginning of this year, I literally prayed and I said, God, I know there's a group of people who you're calling me to reach. Just tell me where to drop my net. Mm. I said, Lord, mm. just, just tell me where to drop my net. That's good. Said, Tell me what the fish is. And he said, I want you to serve former professional and college athletes. And I was like, Lord, that's perfect. Yeah. Like, those are those are my people. Those who I love talking to anyway. And so that video you played before you introduced me, I, I literally went to the office, turned on the camera, recorded that video, put up a Facebook, um, created a Facebook ad, and Books for Athletes was birthed. Just like wow. that. He told me exactly who to serve. Wow. And okay, every so time I get on a call with the athlete, they tell me they were literally praying for somebody to help them. Mm. 
That's when you know it's God. That's when you know. Because they have been waiting. They're waiting. Nobody was serving them. Nobody's serving them. I'm the only one in the marketplace. God called me to them. Wow. Mm -hmm. So how many athletes to date have you helped? Do you know? I don't know right off the top of my head, but um, in the process right now, we're doing about 10 right now. Um, the one that's the closest um, being done is Jermaine Jones, who played for, he was drafted by um, Philadelphia 76ers. Um, who else he played for? He played for the Lakers and a bunch of other ones. We're doing Earl Campbell's son, um, the yeah. real legend, Tyler Campbell. We're doing his book. Um, one of the questions you guys put on there before, you know, the preview questions was, who was my favorite? And my favorite was a guy named Dennis Haley. Dennis Haley went to the University of Virginia, okay? African-American guy, excelled. I mean, he's a star at, he's a star um, linebacker at the University of Virginia. His junior year, no, his sophomore year, getting ready to play in one of the biggest games of his college career and get yanked off the bus by his coach and someone representing the NCAA. What had happened was a professor went to the NCAA and told them he gave him a grade he didn't deserve. Stick with me. Here's the, here's the catch. Dennis did not ask him for a grade. Mm, he just gave it. The professor said he gave him a grade because he felt bad for him because he was an African-American student. No. uh Mm -mm. Dennis had to literally fight his entire junior year, go to Supreme Court and fight to get his scholarship back, fight to play football again. He overcame all of that and still made it to the NFL and excelled, made it to the Baltimore Ravens and everything. And y'all talked about my man, Deion Sanders. Dennis, when I went to Dennis' house and gave him his book, he has Deion Sanders' very last NFL game jersey. He was... Um, his locker was right next to Dion. And he says, can I have your jersey from your last game? He gave him his jersey and his cleats. So Dennis yeah. is my favorite, and he's right here in Virginia as well. Yeah. Wow. That's, That's a story that. right there. That is a test. Oh, my God. Yeah. Because yeah. God wants us to get into the sports entertainment and yep. help these athletes yep. and these coaches and these trainers. And so, oh, my God, you just blessed wow. us. That just shows how powerful a person's story is. Yeah. And I just I just really I just really believe that. And so we we've gotten away from that because we watch all these things on TV. And so I think that's where we're trying to go back. And that's what can we talk sports are is about moms coming to share their journey because we don't hear their journeys of raising up a student athlete or what they had to go through and how they had to nourish them. That, that that athlete's mom or their support team and just hearing that we have to be able to go back and share that information to those who are coming behind us so they can make a better decision. And so and so no matter how small, you know, one thing I was you we kind of look at you, we look at oh we only look at the elite athlete. But yeah. it could be it don't necessarily have to be the elite athlete. No. Everybody has a story. A story. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm. Everyone. Yep. Everybody has a story. And that's who I want. I want the underdog. I want the one that, you know, nobody knows about. And I hear so many stories every day of a young man who he, he didn't make his high school team, didn't play high school, walked on college and still made it to the NFL. Mm. 
Come on, girl. I just got a call from uh -huh. uh, Coach Coach Yarbs. He is the wide receiver coach for the LA Rams. He's telling his story how he became a successful coach and wow. working on his book. And I'm like, bro, if y'all win the Super Bowl, it's gonna go crazy. We gotta get this book done. And so it's just so many, so many, like I said, so many stories and so many stories of how the sport has changed and saved their lives. You know, like that's the part that we forget is some of these guys, if they didn't play sports, they would be dead or in jail. That's wow. it, Yeah, that's it. So. Listen, that is so real. Like what people don't understand that that's one of the reasons like us as moms and dads, you know, when we yeah. find, you know, uh, opportunity to put our kids in so they won't be on the couch eating chips all day or playing the uh -huh. game, get out there and get in get in the dirt in the field and go to go to work. Now, they don't always have to be football, but something yeah. to do. So, you know, it does. It paves a lot of way uh, for our kids in education. Yeah. Yeah. It's a yeah. tool. It, is. it really is. So. Uh, wow. Well, Mr. Cole, wow. somebody once told oh no, go ahead, Karen. Go ahead. Somebody once told us that us sports mom need to do a book. Now I know you were just saying how you know athletes. We have to be athletes. But us sports mom, we each one of us have no, a unique please. story and yes. we can put together and then collaborate a book. And then they were just saying they said something about it's official once you have a publication once you've written it uh -huh. down uh -huh. it becomes a fit or you, you have real. the authority to, to speak on it once you have published sure. it yeah uh -huh. yeah so um, we, you we can't can even that. spell authority without spelling author first somebody spell right, authority. Right. You can't spell authority without spelling author first <laughs> And when you become an author, you go from expert to authority. So, Whoa. yeah, I definitely help y'all sports moms. Y'all fit. You know what I'm saying? Y'all fit my target market. I would love I to help you. So, Mr. Kelly, Kelly, not not only us, but I'm just sitting here as you're speaking. I mean, just names are coming to my mind, stories that people that I know who have a story that would just blow your mind. Like, I'm just, my, it's just my thoughts are just going it's like oh oh he, i need to get him in contact with this person that person and like yeah. unbelievable like you just really inspire me like i'm i'm inspired awesome. absolutely awesome now i still have the other division of my company as well but i'm focusing on athletes right now so we do help other people as well that want to tell their story so they don't have to be athletes but i'm just focused on um, athletes because they need a voice, they need help. And a lot of them, um, what I've learned, you know, working with so many of them, a lot of them are used to people doing things for them anyway. Mm. So, so I said, Hey, how can I make this as easy as possible? Listen, all you got to do is show up for the interviews. We're going to do everything else. And that has helped us excel, like figuring out. My son got a story. Yeah, right. I'm right. sure. To Koshika, I'm just wow. We're gonna get you some business. Please we're do get you some business, Mr. Kelly. Please do. I need it. Now you um now you were saying college and professional, but now that name and likeness has you know spilled over, do you think high school athletes as well uh, as far as writing a story, would you rather for them to wait till they've gotten some some pass? 
no, we can we can help them as well. It's just do they have the investment? Because you know, it's it's there's an investment. So a lot mm -hmm. of them, you know, we're creating something that we you know we're trying to work with them on. But if they have the investment or the parents can invest for them, like I'll give you guys, I'm gonna give y'all an exclusive. Okay, so here here's one of the ideas we came up with. So like. For, for high school athletes that's working on their recruiting. So creating a book, right? That is basically their big business card, okay? To give out to coaches, to give out to recruiters, right? So inside this book, how do you get to know somebody? Uh, or who do we do business with? We do business with people we know, like, and trust. What better way to know, like, and trust an athlete other than being introduced to his family. So in this book, he talks about his mom, he talks about his dad, he talks about his sister, he talks about his dog, and we put QR codes in there where they can scan and watch highlights of this athlete and things like that. So that's one of the things that we're working on. Oh, the name nice. Interesting. Of Interesting. them creating the book just to give away, and then ways that they can monetize that because they own their likeness is they can do events and conferences and things like that around their book. So. So yeah, so we are working on something like that for for younger athletes. That's so, good, and it doesn't have to be that long. It could be nope. a, a little small, short book, like you said, yeah. to give out and get it, create that mailing list. And once mm -hmm. they start selling their t-shirts, and That's it. there it go. <laughs> there it yeah. is. There so, Mister Kelly, what athlete is out there that you would like to work with or tell their story? Is there a specific out athlete out there that you're like, I would love to get my hands on him? Yeah, the one that you've never heard of. So not a big name, just a uh -huh. name that needs to be known. So uh -huh. like, I want to I want to help somebody. I want to help God make somebody's name great. That's Ooh. what I want. Oh, my God. That's wow. me. That's me. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I want to do. Oh, that's good. That is because I'm working on a documentary, uh, Mr. Kelly, uh, about the race ride, Tulsa uh, 1921 race ma uh, massacre. And I'm a, not necessarily a known person, but uh, if I give me a book For and sure. tell all the things I've accomplished, then uh, they gonna, you're going to help me make my name great. For sure. For sure. Like the very first week I released that Shark Tank book. The very first week I released it, I got a call from Norfolk State University. That was my first paid speaking engagement. Now, I didn't do any advertising, anything. They just saw the book, hit number one, and called me to, to host the entrepreneurship panel. And that was my first speaking engagement. And I've been doing it ever since. Like, um, one of the powers of having a book, I'm going to tell you something I did. So I gave a guy my book five years ago. I, bought, I wrote a book about focus five years ago. I gave it to a guy, didn't know him, didn't know who he worked for. He worked at a college. He gave it to his supervisor. His supervisor said he kept my book next to his Bible. He would read his Bible and he would read my book. And he said for five years, he stared at it and says, I'm going to book this guy to speak at my college one day. He got a grant, booked me to speak. I spoke, shut it down with the money. I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make my mom's dream come true. Not only my mom, but a bunch of people in my family. So I took everybody. We just got back from Disney World. I took, I rented a mansion, flew everybody to wow. Disney World. Wow. The, this is what made it fulfilling. On the boat ride to the park, my mom just crying. I'm like, what's wrong? She was like, I'm just so happy. She's like, this is the best birthday ever. This was her birthday gift. 
and I took about four different people for their birthday. That that was wow. a powerful book. So if you don't want to write your book for you, do it for your family or do it to help somebody else's dream come true. Oh, oh, that's Ooh. good. Oh, Mr. Kelly, that's a great <laughs> way to end. Now, before we let you go, do you yeah. have any parting words you want to leave with us? Any anything you want to plant into our spirit before we release you today? And tell sure. how people to get in contact with you. How they okay. Perfect, perfect. So to get in contact with me, all you got to do is go to booksforathletes.com. Um, on there, that's where you can check out that free case study video that will show you how to literally write a book in 30 days or less. And you can also figure out, you know, schedule time to talk to me so we can help you take it even further. So booksforathletes.com is the website books, the number four athletes on Instagram. But I want to leave you guys with this. This is one of my favorite quotes. And I always say this. The thing that stops people from writing a book or even starting, getting started, they want it to be perfect. But I live by this quote. You don't have to get it right. You just got to get it going. Once you get it going, you can always approve upon it. So don't wait. Amen. For Amen. Well, even the greatest books have four and five, ten editions. Like they're fixing it. You keep fixing it. Yeah, that's good. That is. So that's just about getting out your head, because you know you be thinking, oh, is are they gonna like it? Do they like it? What if nobody buy it? What you know, all those type of things. How do you, how do you, how do you encourage them? Say, oh, don't worry about that. I mean, what? Yeah. I say, I always say, write the book and let God do the rest. Like it, it's not, it's not up to you. It's not up to you what it does. So it's a success if it helps one person, because that one person can free a million people. You you never know. You never know who it's for and what it's going to do. So just do your part. Write the book. You know what I'm saying? Like he told Moses, he said, stick out your rod and go forward. Like, what are you looking at me for? Use what I've put in your hand. And the problem <laughs> is a lot of us is not even uses what's in our hand. And we're praying right. to God asking for help. So we're praying, we're praying for a cake. And he gave us all the ingredients to make a cake. And we're saying, God, I ask you for a cake. And he's like, no, you got to do your part. Mm. I didn't come to preach this evening. Y'all got me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that is so good because I remember writing a letter to my pastor and they would always talk about, you know, we uh, we need to raise some money. And I was just like, why don't we just pray and ask God to give it to us? Because being naive coming from, you know, Baptists and stuff like that. And I wrote him a letter and I'm like, why don't y'all just pray for millionaires and we need millions? But in my 50 years of age, I had to realize that I needed to give God something to bless. I needed to do something. And you so do. that is that that right there was so you got to drop the net so i could have prayed all day and said god where you want me to drop my net and still been thinking about it man y'all get scared up so so think about this when peter saw when peter saw jesus walking on the water he said if it's you bid me to come okay Mm -hmm. that's number one all jesus said was come okay now what would have happened if peter would have sat down he would have denied that it was the lord Mm -hmm. right Uh All the Lord said was come. Okay. Uh Here's what we want. We want the Lord to say, hold on. Let me calm the storm. Uh The Lord said, come. He didn't say, let me make it comfortable for you. So you can walk out here. Uh He said, come in the storm. 
He said, come to me in the storm. He didn't say, wait, let me make it comfortable for you. Mm-hmm. And I always tell people, I've been like Peter and asked God, can I come out on the water? And I've begun to sink and I've jumped out in the water and begin to sink. My mm-hmm. God so good, neither time did he let me sink. Right, mm-hmm. right. I've mm-hmm. asked for permission to come on the water and I've just jumped. And both time, my God is so good, neither time did he let me sink. Mm-hmm. Yes. Praise you, Lord. Okay. Um, uh, uh, That's it right there for me. That's good stuff. (laughs) Listen. And you want to fight the football. See, it was already. Listen, I know the plans, Jeremiah 23. Mm -hmm. What is it? 2319. I know the plans. Not the plans to harm you. Set you up to love. We're good. Mm-hmm. you know get into the high school get into the sports now you going back and helping come on yeah oh, that's good. Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so what we're doing guys is not in vain at all yeah. yes thank you so much for coming on the show yeah. Mr. Kelly stirred us up in so many yeah. ways yeah. yes thank you thank for you. having me I appreciate absolutely. it absolutely absolutely yeah. So write down this name real quick. Kd Dixon. <laughs> look him up. Now who's whose name? Kd Nixon. Put it in the chat so I know how to spell it. Okay. And this is your son. Yes. And he's in high school. He's a high school um, athlete. No, he's in college. His last year. Oh, where's US- he playing? This is last year at USC. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna check them out. So, Mr. Cole, you're gonna you're gonna hang around for a while because I have a couple of names I want to drop on you too. So, you're gonna hang around for a while, or give them to me now. It's past my bedtime. (laughs) (laughs) Or you can put them in the chat. uh, Okay, I'll put it in the chat. Yeah, it's eleven o'clock here. I'm an early riser. I get up about five. Me too. Yeah. I'm an early riser. I start work at seven. So yeah, I get up at five. So, but yeah, okay. put them in the chat, and I'll and I'll check them out. And then just like I said, shoot me a DM or or get them over to me. I'll I'll help anybody. I would love to help. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We're honored to have you, and we appreciate you. And when we get ready to write our book, we got somebody to do it for us. That's it. That's it. Are y'all all in the same city? Yes, yes, we're in Texas. We're in Texas. Where, where, where you at? Texas. Dallas, Texas. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then I just I just came from Dallas. I was in Dallas. I was just oh. in Dallas. My son is a Christian rapper. He signed to a major label, so I tour with him a lot too. So um, mm-hmm. I'm going through Dallas this coming up. Well, on the 19th, we're going to Albuquerque, New Mexico. But um, that's good to hear. Christian rap. Come on. Yes. He's pretty big too. Yeah, he's he's pretty big too. His name's Aaron Cole. So check him out. Aaron A. A A R N. Okay. Aaron Cole. Aaron Cole. Same last name as me. Yeah, I got it. Josh Hicks and Damian Johnson. Got it. All right. All right. Y'all have a wonderful night. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Good night. You just blessed us. Oh wow, my that was God. amazing. That was amazing. 
That was it amazing. Really was. It, it's just I up to know. us to do it. We don't have to get worried about how many views and all that. We just have to do what do God it. told us to do. To do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's yeah. wonderful. Men girl hockey. And he'll send those that need to help you, the destiny helpers. He's going to send them for his will yeah. and his work. Oh, he's sending yeah. them. Yes, yes. And and people who need to see will see us. Absolutely. Come on. Come on, Mama. Yeah. Come on. Absolutely. Absolutely. They could just be like thumbing through a podcast or something and say, Oh, look at those women. What they're talking about. And next thing you know, they're hearing what they were supposed to hear. Yes. 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 Hey, mean girl, you gotta get up early. Two hours of hockey practice. Girl, you are dedicated. <laughs> We're going to meet you one day. We yes, are going to meet you hockey. one day. we coming day. to Canada. Yeah, we coming to play uh, to yeah. uh, a hockey game. <laughs> yeah, she, All right, like, you guys. It has been wonderful. I appreciate uh, being back on the show with you guys. We're going to be back next week, and then we'll take our Christmas break. And uh, I'm just enjoying where we're going in 2022. He has a lot of great things for us. I'm just so excited. 2022. Yes. I'm excited. I'm so excited. Double your problem. Ooh, I like that. I got to get ready. Woo. Uh-huh. All, All right. right, everyone. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Let's go.